Hello, friends. We had Duryodhana, the king material desire, going to um, Dronacharya and asking him with great worry uh, about these Pandus, this huge army opposing him. Duryodhana uh, stands for the lower tendencies in man. And what happens is that when you're in deep meditation, the tendency to want to have worldly enjoyments, worldly possessions, and so on, begins to leave you. And the reason that Duryodhana is anxious at this moment is that he understands that uh, he's no longer so important to this little ego. And so he goes to habit and says, come on, try to uh, do something about it. And uh, he wants to know what the power of this, this battle, these forces ranged are. He sees that there's so much kindness and generosity and humility and love and forgiveness and all these things. And material desire doesn't like that. Mind you, this battle that every one of us fights is a very real one. And uh, people don't, the lower nature doesn't like this. You know, the, the story of Satan, it's a true story. Satan is not some man with a long beard and a, go a goatee and a tail and hooves. Satan is that aspect of God which projected everything into manifestation. And having set that energy in motion, it keeps on trying. Now, there are two. Everything in the universe is consciousness, composed of consciousness, manifesting consciousness. And therefore, in a sense, everything is conscious, even the rocks. But they're very minimally conscious. As it says in the Indian scriptures, God sleeps in the rocks, dreams in the plants, begins to wake up in the animals, and in man is full, fully awake. And so what we need to do is understand that uh, as we meditate more deeply, our lower tendencies become a little anxious. And so they try to stir us. You're sitting there meditating deeply. And finally, um, the ego begins to think, wait a minute, what about me? And uh, the desires awaken. You start wanting to fidget. And oh, a little glass of milk would be pretty good right now. Or a little walk and I'll come back. And I'll get back to it sooner or later. But everything in the subconscious mind is always trying to urge you to go outward uh, into the involvement in the world. And we need to somehow fight that battle to the point where it becomes more pleasurable to sit thinking of God, praying to Him, and feeling His presence in our hearts than it is forgetting Him and being restless. So Duryodhana is anxious at this point, and uh, we'll take it from there. Duryodhana, seeing all these warriors ranged against him, he's, he says, Behold, O teacher, this great army of the sons of Pandu arrayed for battle by your own gifted student, because all of these qualities were really students of Dronacharya, Dhrishtadyumna, or awakened intuition. And here I'm having a commentary, which is a part of my, my uh, translation of this first chapter of the Gita. The calm inner light which appears also owing to the guidance of past spiritual tendencies. See, the, the uh, experiences that we have in meditation also are permitted to us by our past tendencies. 
my guru told me that many of these things were denied to me because in past lives I was a great doubter. And he told me, you were eaten up with doubts. Well, I can say it with a smile now because I have no more doubts. But still those tendencies are there. And he said, God will hide those things from you in this life. It's fine by me. I have absolute faith now. But don't worry about the past faults that you may have had. Everybody has had one thing or another to hold him back, usually a whole slew of them. What we need to do is understand that we are children of God and Master saying, a saint is a sinner who never gave up. So one can advance far on the path and not even see this inner light. But those inner tendencies, if the, if the uh, habits are right and the tendencies are right, <clears throat> will awaken that feeling of light. Many times um, there's a light that appears here, and I have seen it, but I don't see it regularly because of what my guru told me. I could call it a curse if I like, but I don't. I call it a blessing. This, this ability to uh, overcome doubt, which I have gained over many lives, has made me a good teacher and has put me in a position of being able to help many people. There's no doubt that you could have, probably, that I wouldn't have had already myself. And so I don't mind that God keeps those things from me. He said that it will be until the end of life and then God will reveal himself. That's fine by me. But the thing is that your, your, uh, this light, many people, we were wanting to build an altar, uh, a light of the spiritual eye in our temple in Assisi in Italy. And uh, near Assisi, I should say. So we went to a place near Venice where they, they uh, do this kind of work. We wanted to do it in glass. And we told the man it should have a golden circle on the outside, a blue field inside, and a five-pointed five white star, silver white star in the center. And he says, what are you talking about? We said, that's what you see in meditation. He said, I know, I know, I've been seeing it all my life. I don't know what it is. But many people have seen these things because their, their samskars allowed them to see it. But Drishta Dhyumna is still a student of uh, Dronacharya. And uh, this inner light is still made possible by your own past tendencies. Don't worry if you don't have experiences <clears throat> because... The important thing is that you love God. Some people have all sorts of experiences and still never get there. You know, many people think, oh, uh, psychic powers and so on, miracles determine whether a person is a saint. It's not true. There is a story of Baba Gorokanath. He was a great, he was a master. And he lived in um, Gorakhpur, which is why he was called that. And... Uh, he lived for 300 years. He developed all the siddhis or powers that uh, a yogi can develop. He could materialize, dematerialize, bilocate, travel to distant places in his astral body and so on, all those powers. And as the time was coming for him to leave his body, he wanted to pass these powers on to someone who would be worthy to receive them. And so he condensed them into eight pellets of mud, the powers were eight. And he saw through the spiritual eye, which is centered here, he saw through the spiritual eye a yogi, young yogi sitting on the banks of the Ganges. 
and in meditation. And he thought, there's a man worthy of these great powers. So he materialized before him. Baba Garokanada at this time was 300 years old. I have met yogis very old. I have never met one that old. One I met was 144, another was 132, others 122. This is not an extraordinary thing for yogis. But uh, he had, with his power, lived that long. And obviously he was very famous. And when he appeared to this young man, he said, I am Baba Gorokhanath. And the young man looked at him and said, is that so? And Baba Gorokhanath had expected this gasp of awe. He didn't get it. And he said, I have been looking for someone. I see that the time has come to leave this body. And I have condensed my powers into eight pellets of mud. And I've given these to you. I'm giving these to you because I see that you are worthy to receive them. And uh, he did this with a very grand gesture. And the young man looked at them, looked at Baba Garokanath. He said, are these mine to do with as I please? Yes, they're yours now. The young man took them and threw them into the Ganges. And Garokanath said, what have you done? It took me 300 years to develop those powers. And the young man looked at him. He said, in delusion still, Baba Garokanath. And then suddenly, Garokanath realized those powers weren't the, what he was looking for. And then he gave up all ego and all desire and merged into infinite freedom. But that attachment to miracles, that attachment to powers, this is a delusion, and we should not be a part of it. But our tendencies from the past make people think sometimes that the more they can show to other people, the greater they are. This is not true. So love God for his love and for his bliss. God bless you.